Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Happy Monday to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Today marks another year on G's Power Hour. We started on May 1st, uh, 2017, and we're still going. Praise the Lord. And uh, thank you all for listening, those of you that have continued to listen, and those of you new listeners, thank you for, for joining us on this journey. Really appreciate it. So and we're going to begin like we began then. Uh, we're going to start talking about things house and home. We're going to have Jabir Najir on on the second half. But first half, we have Mr. John Robinson on with us. Hey there, Mr. Robinson. How you doing? No, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, okay, so I guess he's going to join us a little later. So we're going to talk about things house and home. You have questions, you have comments. The number is 516-387-1944. We actually last month talked about windows, uh, window replacements, things you need to know if you are, uh, let's say, install, you know, getting windows replaced or installing new windows, uh, hurricane requirements and all that type of stuff. So um, if you missed that show, all you have to do is go in and go to Block Talk Radio and look up G's Power Hour and um, track down the first Monday of last month, um, and you can get the information on the windows. Today we are supposed to talk a little bit about um, some painting, uh, you know, how, how to uh, select a good paint, how to determine whether or not you need primer, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about indoor and outdoor paint. Uh, we're going to talk about how to pick a painter. Okay, so uh, if you have questions or comments on that, the number is 516 uh, We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to try to see if I can find Mr. Robinson in the meantime. Uh, and, uh, it's it's oh, Mr. Robinson, are you there? Yes, ma'am, I'm here. Okay. Hey there. Good morning. How you doing? <laughs> Great vibe to see everyone. So, um, I was just mentioning that we are going to talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, painting today. And so I wanted to find out, I guess my first question is, and I guess we'll uh, talk a little bit about indoor painting and then outdoor, but in either case, is there a particular time to paint that's better in especially in Florida, because I know humidity plays a big factor and other things, you know, rainy season and all that in terms of when you decide to do your painting. So what can you tell us about that? Yes, ma'am. 
preferably, I like to paint during the summertime uh, when it's not. Uh, if it does rain, it normally does rain in the evening, but if you're done painting about about one or two, you should be okay because you don't want to put paint and it don't dry on the walls and then the water hit it, it'll run right off. Uh, and during the wintertime or fall months when it's cooler, it takes longer for the paint to dry. So during the springtime, you're freshening up. In the fall time, you kind of fall back and relax a little bit. Okay. So when you're determining about painting and stuff like that, um, how often should you consider if if you're just freshening up your coat of paint, not necessarily changing colors, but just want to keep it where it doesn't look like it's deteriorating, how often should you consider uh, doing a repaint or a touch-up? Well, with the paint that they're selling today, nothing lasts as long as it's supposed to. So I would say two to three years, uh, you can maybe freshen it up, but it should last uh, about five to seven years, even though they give you like a 10-year warranty on some stuff. Just depends on what kind of paint you buy. If you go all out and uh, get the, uh, the higher grade, like at Home Depot, I think uh, Dynasty is the highest grade. Now, it used to be Marquee, but I think it went to Dynasty. And mm-hmm. with Sherman Williams, you have a uh, a higher end that you're paying more money for. That is a thicker paint. Of, uh, even at Home Depot, the, the Dynasty are thicker paints. And they, uh, they do a great job in lasting a longer time than buying just the mid-grade or the cheaper paint that you buy. Um, and also, like from, um, from Ace, you have... Uh, Oh man, I just had it on. It just right on the tip of my tongue. The name of the paint that you can buy, but this paint is uh, awesome paint that you get from them. It's uh, more expensive also, but it lasts a long time, and it doesn't fade. It does, you don't get even in the Florida sun, uh, the Florida weather. You don't get the fade fading as you would on the lower, the lower amount, uh, the lower costed paint. And the reason it's lower cost, that means it's thinned out. So that means it's more uh, milkier when you put it on. It takes several coats to put it on. But now they have this paint, they say it's one coat. In some instances, it may be able to coat it with one coat, but um, majority of the time, you still have to go back over to hit the little blemishes and stuff that come through. But uh, overall, uh, the more expensive paint is... um, it's going to be your better bet if you're trying to get longevity out of it. So now if you are, let's say, like I said, touching up or a repaint, do you need a primer as if you would do, be, be doing a first-time paint, painting, or do you can you just paint over what you already have? Well, it all depends on what kind of paint you're using. Um, okay. If you have a, a flat paint, you can pretty much go over it with any satin or semi-gloss. But if you have a semi-gloss, going over it with a flat, you're going to have to do more work to make that flat come out to cover up that semi-gloss. Uh, normally, if you put something on semi-gloss, it may peel right off on you, say, if you scratch it 
it'll it'll just come right off because the semi-gloss is a a slicker surface, so that means it's less porous, so that means stuff doesn't hold on to it very good unless you use a good primer that that will grab uh, that semi-gloss so that you can paint over it. But if it's a flat paint, uh, you can pretty much go over it with anything because most primers are flat-based, and that's a good uh, base to to paint on top of. So um, those are the differences in paint. Where you have you have flat, you have eggshell, then you have satin, and then you have uh, semi-gloss, and and then you have high gloss. If, if you really need something to like be really really shiny. Okay, and then. What surfaces do you use which one on? For example, if you have a, a block and stucco home versus a wood frame home or you have siding, how do you determine uh, what's going to look best on what? And then some houses actually even have mixed materials. They may have siding and stone or they might have something else. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're not getting uh, something that's going to, I guess, you know, you're going to put one put something on the wrong material. I guess that's the thing I want to ask about. Yes, ma'am. Um, now they have different types of outdoor paint. They have uh, uh, stucco and block, and then you have your regular um, regular paint surfaces, either wood or vinyl uh, types of paint that uh, acrylic paint that will go on it um, nicely. You do have two different types of paint. Uh, as far as the bases, you either have a, a acrylic um, or you either have oil paint. A lot of people don't use the oil paint. Um, that, I just thought of the name of the other paint. It's called Benjamin. Um, I can't even think. Of it. Benjamin oh, Moore. I, Benjamin is Moore. Benjamin? Yes, okay. that is some super, super, super dope paint. That paint lasts a very long time, and if you if you start using it. Uh, keep using that. Don't use anything else on top of it. It's, it's a very good paint. But uh, back to um, the other paint, it, it's um, anytime that you decide you want to do it, uh, change uh, change your paint or add to the paint on a surface that you're unaware of, just make sure you get a paint that has a primer in it because normally the paint has a bonding agent that, helps with bonding to the uh to the to the uh, surface and if you still if you have a problem with it bonding there's some stuff that you can put on that is a bonding agent that you put on even before the primer so there uh it's whenever like i said whenever you're going across or uh, like a semi-gloss surface or a glossy surface that that is less porous so stuff don't want to stick to it so you would definitely mm. need that bonding agent for the paint to stick to the wall. Okay. What about color changes? Um, if you are getting, let's say, just a slight color change versus a bold color change like, you know, white to black or black to white or whatever, what kind of things do you need to consider when you're doing that um, color change? You definitely want to get a higher grade of paint uh, with a primer in it so it will cover cover better. 
Um, some colors cover better than others. Um, okay. Uh, reds and yellows tend to kind of bleed through, or burgundy kind of bleed through. So you want to use a heavier, um, heavier um, uh, um, primer in order to cover that stuff up because it'll still kind of give like give off a little hue of that color behind it. So if you have a red wall and you want to put white paint on top of it, your wall is subject to look looking kind of pinkish, uh, like a, under, a pinkish undertone. Even though the paint will cover it, you still will have like an undertone to it. So um, mm -hmm. most likely if you even have the better paint, two coats should cover it fairly well. But I've seen some, some paint that just keeps bleeding through uh, it's because people are, are not using a higher grade of paint. They're using the cheaper paint. And um, I remember this one lady, I painted her house, and it was, if you haven't painted your house in a long time, uh, she probably hadn't painted her house probably 15, 20 years, I mean a long time. And mm. when I went in to paint, they used a cheaper paint, and the walls were dry. Um, and what I mean by dry is that if something has been there for a long time, it's, dry, it's kind of dried out. So the paint, the actually the first coat of paint I put on it, the wall actually sucked the paint in. It just like it just almost disappeared on me. And then as I began to add coats, it took probably three or four coats just to coat the walls because of the cheaper brand of paint. But if you buy a, a, like a heavier grade of paint or more expensive paint, it'll tend to cover those things better. But um, if you have never painted your walls and you decide to paint your walls, please be in consideration of what kind of surface it is because that's, that's, what, that's the type of uh, uh, end result you're going to get if you're not preparing. And make sure you find a professional painter or, or um someone that you know that has been referred, that's a good painter, because even if someone says they're a professional painter, that doesn't mean that they have the uh, uh, have the experience in, in painting. It's just uh, you try to choose people that you've used before. My clients, 90% um, of my clients, I still have all my clients, and I don't advertise very much. And mm -hmm. I try to I try to do the best job that I can do because I look at your home as being my home. I want my home just as beautiful as your home. So uh, you want to pick someone that is going to give you great quality work. Exactly. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, too, when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. We are celebrating another year of Dee's Power Hour. We're here with Mr. John Robinson. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. Dee's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar. Or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. 
Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Here with Mr. John Robinson. This month we're talking a little bit about um, painting, if you're considering freshening up. It is spring. Some people, you know, that's a project they like to take on or have someone to take on. If you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. So Mr. Robinson wanted to find out... How do how does a person, you know, some people know people, some people think they know people that can do a good job. Um, In either case, how do you go about selecting a good quality painter? What is the criteria that you should be looking into? Well, there are several apps that you can use now, like Home Advisor. um, uh, um, Um. I, I know my Craigslist. husband talks about Angie's List sometimes. Yeah, uh, too, Angie's but. List, yeah. There's it's a couple of more out there. Um, uh-huh. If you can use those, those normally come with uh, um, the they do ratings of mm-hmm. the people. Uh, if the person has worked for a while, they give them good rating. If you're a new person, you may have a couple of stars. But mm-hmm. um, there are plenty of good painters out there. That, that I would recommend and that uh, I would use if the job that if I got two jobs going on at the same time and I want somebody to just come in and bang it out for me. I got people I can, mm-hmm. I, I can call to come in and do those jobs for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm sending another contractor to do a job for me, um, I'm guaranteed the work to be just as good as mine because I'm not going to send someone out there that um, – that when they walk away, the customer's looking at me, and then I have to go and do extra work because the other person didn't do their job. So uh, I right. recommend uh, great people to do great to do great work. Well, like I said, Angie's mm-hmm. list is uh, it's a good it's a good one, um, and it's it's different apps. I I don't use the apps. Uh, someone was telling me about an app, a guy that was out, I was out of town. And I was trying mm-hmm. to find someone that did screens because I don't mm-hmm. do screens, but he gave me this name, but I have no idea what the name of that app was. But you can Google um, apps for handyman, and uh-huh. it'll give you give you those things. And even if you get a handyman, you want to get somebody that that's a professional in, in the things that he does because some handyman don't. They don't do everything. They only do certain things, certain things. So, Right. But I, like I said, uh, I, I have people that I recommend and I also recommend myself because I do a very good job of painting when it comes to high-end houses, um, inside and out, exterior and interior. Um, we do a, great, do a great job. Some jobs... Um, we may 
contract out, and most of them we would take upon ourselves. Okay. All right. So now um, I, I know, for example, that if uh, I've had clients, as a realtor, I've had clients that, uh, you know, they've had a home inspection and they've had an appraisal, and they've been told, uh, that they they would have to get the house painted before they can um, continue with the home buying process because some t- some of the paint had started to I guess get a little chalky or to come out and it was leaving I think it was a block home or a block and stucco home and it was leaving the house a little porous and then also too I know that during one of the hurricanes that we had a while back. Uh, there were some problems with some of the new home builders that uh, some of the houses that they built, uh, when the hurricane came, the water had seeped into some of the, uh, I guess, the block or whatever because it wasn't sealed. Um, right. So so can you talk a little bit about that in terms of how do you make sure that uh, your paint is, I guess, sealed where it's not you know, flaking off or is not chalky or whatever. Uh, is, is there a particular, other than the paint, is there like an extra coat of something that you put on? Yes, there, there's a, what I've I've dealt with and taken care of for people is um, say if you have water intrusion uh, due to uh, directional rain, and what I mean by directional rain, that's rain that's that's coming in sideways. Um, that's not your typical rain, like just coming straight down, trickling. Uh, but the directional rain is caused by w- wind. Wind causes the rain to go at an angle. So you have certain people houses that uh, haven't been painted in a long time, and when the paint starts to break down, that's when you get the, the chalky uh feeling to it it rubs off with your hand you can rub your hand on the wall and it comes off so what you want to do you want to go in and pressure wash and uh do a mild pressure wash because you don't want to get any more water inside of your walls but to get that old stuff down to a minimal off your walls before you begin to paint but they have paints out there that are like they're primers you have primers and you have paints that are called block fillers and it goes on like a milky substance, but it gets hard like like a thicker paint or like a plastic uh, similar similar to that. And there are a couple of houses that I, I've had to do that uh, around the foundation and around probably about four feet up on some houses where they were actually having leaks and just redo that and then just paint right over the top of the block filler and it really uh turned out nice the walls was dry and even after you put um put um water on it you can see the water just run off like like uh like your car has been waxed real nice the water just runs right off of it so those are the things that you that you can use uh block filler or elastomeric um, yeah, elastomeric paint. It has the same, um, the same or either a similar uh, type of uh, uh, pigment 
that's put into the paint that helps the paint be more durable. Okay, and so um, do first of all, I guess paints and warranties. Um, are there warranties on paints? And also, do professionals who paint provide a warranty on their work? Well, I do. Uh, and if you're a professional, you want to give the person uh, some type of, uh, even if the, the customer buys the paint, mm-hmm. uh, you still want to give them some type of warranty or at least come back to to try to fix whatever issue that you have. Um but you do have some product that's not good product, and if you mm-hmm. can uh, prove that the product is not a good uh, good product, um, wherever you purchased it from will will maybe give you something else uh, to use. Or if it's Home Depot, um, they're just going to tell you you need to buy something that's more expensive. Um, mm. But if you got a problem with paint peeling back off, after you put it on, then that means you got something on that surface that the the paint is not bonding to. So more, most likely, you will get a um, a warranty on it where they'll tell you, well, you, you got two or three years on it. Um, and in the state of Florida, you can only warrant it so much because the direct heat can make any of the best paint P.O., fade, or, or whatever. It just depends on how, how hot it is that summer. Mm, okay. Wow. So um, do you, because so a couple of times you have already mentioned about people providing their own paint. Uh, so do you consult with a person first and they make the determination? And also, have you ever refused to paint someone's home using their paint? No, I've never refused uh, to paint someone home because of the type of paint they're using. But I do advise them on, hey, this paint is not a very good paint. It's a very cheap paint. So this is the quality that you're going to get out of it. And I would even take some of the paint and maybe paint it on the back side of the house so that I could show the customer that this paint is not going to cover very well. I'll, I'll go the extra mile to to let the customer know that, hey, you're going to need to get some paint that's more expensive so that it will have a primer in it so that it mm-hmm. will cover better. Um, some people, they uh, for rental houses, they're not trying yeah. to get an expensive paint for that. They're just trying to get something that they can blow it out with and, and keep it moving or they will, um, if they're selling the house, they they will buy a cheaper paint and paint the house because it's just a temporary temporary fix for them. And people do it all. Yeah. They do it every day. We don't want people to be dishonest in what they're doing, but uh, people are still mm-hmm. going to do it. If they feel like they're going to save some money, uh, they're going to do it. Yeah, and the thing about it is sometimes in the long run you really don't save money because if you're having to re- repaint quicker, you know, sooner, 
then, you know, you've just you've wasted your money already. I mean, it's going to cost you probably twice as much as if you'd gotten a paint that is durable and would last and will withstand some of the abuse that might occur um, in that property. So, so uh, Mr. Robinson, how do we get in contact with you? Well, my name is John Robinson, and my business name is J.L. Robinson Renovations, and my number is 321-303-8186, 321-303-8186. Well, we thank you for the advice, definitely, um, because like I said, it is you know spring, and a lot of people doing spring cleaning, and they may even decide to do a little uh, trim work, you know, or, or, or repaint, or, you know, whatever the case may be, and so it's good to know uh, you know, have these tips. So thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. You have a blessed day. Yes, ma'am. You have a blessed day also. And we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk with the man that started it with me back in 2017 um, it, on Mortgage Monday, uh, Mr. Jabir Najir, Rajon Mortgage. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today as we celebrate another year of G's Power Hour with Jabir Najir of Rajon Mortgage, who was on my first show. Hey there. How are you? Uh-oh. No, he didn't abandon me. <gasps> anyway, because we've got important mortgage news we've got to discuss. Um, there's something Hello? kicking in today. Hey there. How are you? Yes. Good, good. I could hear you, but I guess you couldn't hear me. No, no, I couldn't. <laughs> Welcome back. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I was just saying, you know, you and I kicked off the first official G's Power Hour back in 2017 this day. So, oh wow! Has it been that long already? <laughs> yes. It's, it's, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, we've been kicking it that long. It's just crazy. So, but thank you for sticking with me and sticking with us and giving us the much needed information. And speaking of much needed information, there's a uh, there's some new stuff kicking in today, right? With regards to mortgages, right? Yes. Yes. So the thing is that whenever a lot of people they hear about the rate that they qualify for, or they just even hear rates in the market. There's a lot that goes into that rate. It's not just, okay, this bank is offering this rate. It's not 
it's not a one-size-fits-all, I should say, when it comes to race. That's a better way for me to put it. So uh, when we look at race, we look at credit score, we look at the amount of the down payment, and also there's what they call loan-level pricing adjustments. So um, if I'm just throwing out a number. Say you're looking at a 6.5% interest rate. Sometimes that 6.5% interest rate for some individuals will come at a cost discount points or some of, sometimes it will come as, as a credit. And the reason that it'll come as a credit or, or cost is something on the back end called loan level pricing. So the thing that changed recently, as of today actually, um, is the credit score loan level adjustment pricing. So unfortunately, um, whenever for those who have better credit scores, you're not going to get that that great benefit of having a better credit score um, as they did in the past, now there's actually an additional cost for that higher credit score, where those who have lower credit scores, they don't have to pay that cost. So this is something that is new um, that Biden just put in place to help with affordable housing. Uh, the, the word is that it, it, it is supposed to, in a sense, subsidize those who may not have such a great credit score. So those who have better credit scores feel as if they're being punished. Uh, by this new rule. So, okay, um, w- what does that mean for for you all in terms of the mortgage industry? Um, how do, how does that? I mean, how do you make the determination in terms of you know who who this affects and who it doesn't affect? Well, it's there's a chart that, uh, and these loan level pricings have been. You know, they've always been around. So it's not like loan-level pricing is something new. On every loan, I've been in the business for actually 19, yeah, 19 years now. And there's always loan-level pricing on anything when it comes to coming up with your coming up with your interest rate. It's a, a bunch of stuff that looks into the loan-to-value, the down payment, the, the, um, the type of property, the credit score. It's just that now when we look at the charts, that credit that you may have received for a higher credit score, you, you're no longer getting that credit. And uh, it actually, now if you want the same interest rate because you're not getting that credit, now that actually will cost you money for that same interest rate that you would qualify for literally on Friday, that same rate will actually come at a little bit more of a cost. Or if you're getting a credit for the rate, now the credit may not be as great as it was previously. So it's not necessarily that we as brokers have the ability. If you have a 740 score, we go to 740 on the the charts. And that, when it puts together the credit score, we just got to go by whatever. I mean, I'm sorry, when it puts together the interest rate, we're basically, Mm -hmm. we have to go by whatever the credit score used to calculate that interest rate maybe. Okay. So... I guess you know. I guess is it is it does that mean what does that mean in terms of us managing our credit scores? What does that change for us? What do we have to still do or not do uh, well, when it comes to as far as the way okay. as far as the way that you manage a credit score, I wouldn't say that there is much for you to do in the way you manage your credit score. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that you don't want to start aiming for lower credit scores so you don't hit, get hit with the penalty. I mean, I guess there are mm-hmm. ways that you could manipulate your credit scores, you know, by maybe charging up a 
a debt right before. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I would necessarily uh, suggest that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you definitely want to manage your credit how, how you've always managed your credit, making sure you keep in there all the payments on time, making sure that you don't um, overextend yourself in debt, meaning that let's just say that you have a credit card that has a $1,000 balance. You don't want to max it out even if you're paying the credit card on time. You still mm-hmm. want to stick to keeping the debt-to-credit, not to be confused with debt-to-income, you want to keep the debt-to-credit ratio around 30 to maybe 35% max. So if you have a $1,000 credit card, try to keep that balance at $350 or below. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to how much this is going to cost homeowners with better credit scores per year, um, if, you, if you're not paying to get the rate down and if you just go by what the par rate is, I don't want people to think as if it's going to cost them on, on an average home loan, let's just say it's anywhere between three hundred to 500000 in that range. Not that you're paying $200 more per month or anything like that. It's just going to be a slight increase to your payment. And I, I know nobody wants to hear, especially during these times, a slight increase to any payment. But, um, you know, it may end up costing you. And every situation is different, so I don't want to, I don't want to say, oh, $1,000 extra for everybody over the course of a year, but for some people it may be anywhere between 500 to, let's say, $1,500 per year, depending on your on your uh, loan amount. I want to change course a little bit and ask a little bit about um, assumable mortgages. Uh, we don't talk about those that much, um, but I just came across an article that talked about um, – how you can, uh, you can if you get an assumable mortgage, you can probably get a, a rate from ten years ago. It, it is, but it says if you can find an assumable mortgage. So can we talk? Since we don't talk about them that much, can we talk about how assumable mortgages work? Number one and number two, uh, I guess talk about the pros and cons of one if you are able to get one. Because, you know, it's it's kind of hard sometimes to, to just get a brand-new mortgage if you don't have the best credit. But um, sometimes you can get an assumable mortgage. Can you talk about that? Yes. The, the thing is that um, you can't generally just assume any mortgage uh, just because that person is selling the property. Uh, whenever that person actually signs, the mortgage documents, it will stay okay. in there whether that mortgage is actually assumable or not. And in most cases nowadays, as opposed to a long time ago, most cases nowadays, most mortgages are not assumable. Like most conventional mortgages are not assumable. You may may run across maybe VA or maybe FHA that could possibly be assumable, but that would actually have to have certain specific requirements at the time of closing. So a lot of times when you close on your loan documents, and even before then, to back up, you you should be able to ask your bank or your broker if, if the loan is assumable. But whenever you close, there is a document in there that says this loan is not assumable. And basically that means that if anybody were to purchase your home, they had to go through the process of financing the home um, or finding financing for the home with a brand-new mortgage. Now, for the mortgages that that are assumable, assume that you have an assumable mortgage now that you are able to 
sell the home to somebody and they're able to assume the mortgage. That's a very good selling point because as rates are higher now, anywhere between 65 to 7%, just depending on the week, really. Um, if you have a loan from three or four years ago when rates were in the threes, you could. it's easier to sell that home because that person who's purchasing your home, even if they're purchasing it at the current market rate, their payment will be much lower for the loan that's currently on the home. The thing is that that person still has to go through a kind of um, approval process when they assume the mortgage. So it's not like, okay, John Doe from down the street wants to buy your home and you just call the mortgage company and say, okay, John Doe now has, you know, the mortgage. They, the, the mortgage company wants to make sure that John Doe is a reputable person, they have good credit, they have the income. So they are going to make sure they have a certain credit score. They are going to make sure that they have income because they just don't want you to hand the mortgage over just to anybody and the person cannot make the first payment. Um, so once they actually have passed those pre-qualification, pre-approval process and they go through the approval process, basically that mortgage will just get transferred out of your name and be put into the new buyer's name. Now, as far as, and I'm just throwing out numbers, let's just say that you owe $200,000 on the home, but the home is now worth four fifty, and you want four fifty for the home. Well, John Doe would actually have to find financing for the other 250000 so you could get your full two fifty. It's not as if now, it's not as if now because the home is worth more, you're selling it for more, the current mortgage company is all of a sudden just going to send out a, a check to you for an additional 250000 because for them, the mortgage is based off that 200000 that's left on the mortgage. So if you're selling the home above what is, is left on the mortgage, then the buyer would have to find a way to come up with that difference. Now, one thing that is possible is you could do a seller held second mortgage, which is possible, where you know that you owe 200 on the first, um, you have um, a home that's worth 250, and you could tell the seller, I mean the buyer, that you'll accept payments at a certain interest rate for that other $250,000. Okay. But still, if you are trying to sell your home, that could be possibly um, for the right buyer, that could be a, a good marketing point, right? That you have, a, I mean, if you have an assumable mortgage from years back, that that could that could be a good uh, selling point, saying, hey, you know, part of you know the part or all of the mortgage is assumable with the right criteria, you know, so that could be a negotiating type of uh, tactic, correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, for sure, if, if, if you have some mortgage, that is a huge, huge uh, marketing um, tool that you could use for sure. I mean, yeah. to tell anybody that you have a current mortgage that they can assume at a 2.75%, and people are going to jump all over that. Even if they're not even in the market <laughs> to purchase a home, you probably have a lot of people just come off the bench just to buy, buy that home. True, true. Um one of the things I heard recently, too, though, um, that uh, investors are having a hard time uh, with purchases right now. Is, 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 have you heard that? Um, I haven't, but mm-hmm. the only thing that I could possibly think of, because we do have some great investment 
uh, property uh, programs mm-hmm. other than the conventional where you have to provide all your documentation to prove income. Uh, we have the DSCR program, the debt service coverage ratio. So as long as they're putting down the right amount of money and the rent covers the mortgage, that's all we really look at. You know, you literally don't even have to have a job. As long as the rent is going to cover the mortgage, that's all we need for that program. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I could possibly think of is for certain investors, if the mortgage is higher than the rent, then that's a possibility they may be having a difficulty there. But there are definitely some, some great programs still available for for our investors. I'd have to uh, look into that to see what that particular cause may be that they're referring to. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. If you have questions or comments for Jabir, the number is 516-387-1944. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple, dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garris. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the Arklatex. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on KHAM Radio. Are you chilling? Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today, celebrating another year of G's Power Hour uh, with Jabir Najir. But before we go to that, I want to uh, let everybody know today is uh, Melanoma Monday. It's the first Monday in May. Um, If you suspect that you might be uh, a victim possibly of skin cancer, uh, or you see certain spots or certain raised areas that could possibly be a sign of melanoma, I would encourage you to go get checked. Um, In the meantime, if you think you're okay, still go and and get the products that you need to protect your skin. Consult with your doctor uh, or a dermatologist, you know, before you make choices, they may have some recommendations or suggestions about what you use to keep your skin protected. You know, here in Florida, we definitely have to worry, especially getting out there with the uh, weather being so nice. I was out this weekend, um, and even though it was overcast where we were this weekend, we felt, my husband and I celebrated our anniversary, uh, you still have to make sure that your skin is protected from the sun. So please make sure that you get checked. Um, but, yeah, today is Melanoma Monday. If you have not made an appointment, I would go ahead and make an appointment as soon as possible to make sure that you are covered uh, literally um, uh, with whatever some protection you need to have. Um, check with your doctor, please. 
uh, also this month we are celebrating nurses, we are celebrating teachers, we are also uh, celebrating small businesses. And that's what I wanted to get into a little bit of a discussion with you, Jabir, on uh, having a small business because you are a small business owner. Also, our previous guest, Mr. John Robinson, he's a small business owner. Talk about a little bit about the uh, joys and challenges of having a small business. Well, the joys for sure is just knowing that you're independent and the options are limitless in regards to where you can take your business and, you know, as far as the height. So it's one of those things that, you know, every day you wake up and you're thinking about growing the business and what you could do to grow the business where you're not dependent on some. You know that your success is not limited based on somebody else's, I guess, what they put on, what they what they've determined what the limit will be for this year or for this month for you. A lot of times whenever you work for somebody, um, they've, already kind of determine what the maximum that you'll be able to get compensated. Even sometimes when it comes to goals, it's kind of, you kind of have to get permission to exceed your, 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 what the, the levels of, um, of uh, success that they, that, that they may have already kind of cut out for you. Um, so that's definitely one of the, the, one of the benefits or joys that I, that I definitely find as far as the, uh, not so fun thing is all the back end stuff you have to deal with. Uh, for me, we have to send in quarterly reports to the state when, and anything when it comes to financing finances. Uh, so we have to uh, we have to report to uh, the NMLS, which reports to the Florida Office of um, Department of Finances. So that's the thing we have to do a lot. Everything when it comes to the compliance end of everything, of course the accounting. Um, you know, QuickBooks. You know on a weekly basis, if not a few times a week, just to make sure everything is in place there. So there's a lot of the back-end stuff that is not fun, but for me personally, I don't mind it because I know that I have a a bigger uh, goal in mind. So um, those are some of the benefits that I would say that I enjoy. And just being able to collaborate with other, even companies, uh, just collaborations that whenever I worked for another mortgage company that sometimes those things would kind of get pushed to the side where I wasn't able to, you know, do certain things. Or now that I have my own independent mortgage brokerage, I don't, I'm not limited to that. I could pretty much make a move on something right away if I liked it. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you get, do you feel that you get discriminated against as a smaller uh, business versus a, a major corporation, and, and do you feel like you have to maybe prove yourself a little more? Yes, a lot. Um, you know, when it comes to individuals, uh, for the for the most part, no. Of course, there's going to be when I, when I say individuals, individual, individual buyers or those who are refinancing. Um, yes, there's a few times where you know they may look at the bigger companies, but I don't really find the issues there. It's usually whenever I'm dealing with an organization or even, you know, for me with when it comes to builders, um, if I'm taking care of financing for somebody and they're going to a builder and they're looking at, okay, they want to see, I don't know, let's say Wells Fargo, for example. I'm just naming that because that's a big retail chain or, or a chase. But even though we may be able to offer 
better rates and programs than the Wells Fargo, sometimes they want them to go with either the builder's financing or a major lender. But a lot of times pushing them in that direction is not that beneficial as far as financing for the client. But sometimes you mm-hmm. do have to go above and beyond and kind of, you know, put your foot down and hold your ground because they will try and push you, you know, to the left or to the right a little bit to get you out of the way. So that is one thing mm-hmm. I would say whenever you deal with the builders or certain organizations. Okay. All right. Well, just wanted to honor you and um, honor Mr. Robinson because, like I said, it is um, it's small business week. Well, small business month, but this week they're they're definitely um, focusing on small businesses. And so um, I also want to shift the focus a little bit because we we are coming into next month, um, National Home Ownership Month. And so let's talk a little bit really quick about, let's say you decide next month is the month I'm going to actually make that step um, and I'm going to approach a mortgage company or a bank or whatever about getting the funds I need to purchase a house. What is the criteria? What kind of paperwork, documentation that a person needs to get together? Um, I know we have to talk about stuff like, bank statements and, and tax forms and all kind of stuff. So lay it out there for us, please. Sure. So, you know, the one thing that I will say is that you definitely want to reach out to your mortgage broker or a mortgage broker, you know, months ahead of you, you know, ready to purchase a home. So if you're ready to purchase a home, uh, I mean, hopefully three months or more from the time that you're ready to purchase. But, hey, if you're if you're not at that point and you purchase faster, then, hey, it's even more reason to reach out to a mortgage broker right away. And the reason is that many times people come to us and they say, hey, I want to buy a home, and they're ready to start looking next week. We pull their credit. We pull their all their information. And it's not that they cannot, we can't qualify them, but there's a little bit of work that they need to do. So now they're pressured because, if they had three months, they could kind of be a little bit more in cruise control through the process. But now that they're trying to fit three months' worth of work in in 14 days, they really feel the pressure, and, and now it's no longer an enjoyable experience for them. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I say all to say that reach out to somebody for financing ASAP, even if it's six months away, even better. Now you know where you stand now, so you know what you have to do in six months. And what that also does is allow you to understand where where your payments will be for certain price ranges, but not only that, what you will need to save up for down payment and closing costs. Um, now, when it comes to documentation, driver's license and social security card are two things we're going to need. Uh, but when it comes to the qualification process, we're going to need uh, your last 30 days of pay stubs, your last two years of W-2s, your last two years of tax returns, in many cases, if you're a W-2 employee, salaried or hourly, we don't need the tax returns, but we're most likely going to ask for those anyway just in case. Sometimes you may, some of your income, most of your income may be, let's say, commission-based, or you may have a business on the side or something like that. We need, that's why we'll normally ask for those last two years of uh, tax returns. If you have a business, we need the last two years of business returns and the last two years of bank statements. Those are going to be the main things that we need. Now, if you receive alimony or child support, or if you pay alimony or child support, we're going to need the court documentation on that as well in order to use that income. And um, those are probably going to be the main things. Now, once we get that, we may see some things in there that may require us to ask for additional documentation. Let's just say, for example, that we see that 
on your pay stubs, uh, you have wage garnishments for a judgment. Now we're going to need to see the details on that judgment. Um, you know, as far as the payment history, make sure everything is paid on time. And um, and, that's, and that's another thing. Um, speaking of judgments, um, if you owe on taxes on, on for uh, income tax, go ahead and contact the IRS right away and get on a payment plan. Because on programs such as FHA, you have to have if you owe money on your taxes and you don't have the money to pay those back taxes off right away, we can still approve you for a loan. But the important thing is that you have to have a payment plan and you have to provide proof of three on-time payments. But keep in, keep in mind that these on-time payments, you can't just make three payments all at once and say, hey, here goes 90 days worth of payments. You need to make one payment in May, one payment in June, one payment in July. There's no way to speed that up. So, you know, just kind of FYI, if anybody's out there and they owe money on their taxes, go ahead and create a payment plan for for, for that right away. Um, yeah, because so it's, be the about establishing, it's about establishing a history, right? It's not necessarily about, you know, whether or not you can just pay it on a lump sum. You, it's about establishing a, a history of, of payments, you know, a pattern of, of good, right. of being responsible, right? Right. A- absolutely. That That is... 100% correct. They want to see that history um, and know that you have that payment history paying on time. Um, and there's one more thing. Oh, and then when it comes to those who are self-employed, I know that there's a chance that you may have just filed your taxes. If you did not file your tax an extension, this is a great time to reach out to somebody right away mm-hmm. to make sure that before you file your taxes that you're actually not writing off too much. We see that all the time where people write off a lot on their taxes, and it's like, wow. If you just wrote off just $5,000 less on your taxes, you'd be able to approve, get approved for the home that you really want. So just the thing is that, hey, when it comes to taxes, nobody loves to pay taxes. I've never met anybody that said, oh, I can't wait to pay because <laughs> I checked Uncle Sam. <laughs> so we like to take advantage of all the tax advantages that we can, right? But sometimes right. we could just write off a little bit too much, and now you can no longer qualify for that loan, or it forces you to put down more money. So definitely reach out to somebody right away to make sure they're calculating the income that you have to claim to the IRS. Okay. And, Jabir, how do we contact you? You can always contact me by email at Jabir, J-A-B as in boy, I-R, at Ryajan, R-I-A-J-A-N.com. Or you can contact me directly at 321-239-5814. Once again, that's 321-239-5814. You can also find me online on Instagram at Jabair underscore Najer, and I have a lot of great content out there uh, for you that just educates you on, on the process of purchasing a home to get you prepared. All right. Just keep all of that in mind because, like I said, next month is uh, National Home Ownership Month. Uh, also, too, we didn't get a chance to talk on it that much, but uh, there are programs, you know, like I said, this is National Teachers Month and uh, National Nurses Month, and uh, some of those professions do have certain uh, programs for them. So, uh, you know, contact your beer or contact uh, the mortgage lender that you know and, and uh, find out about those as well. Thanks, Jabir. Appreciate it. Have a blessed day. No problem. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. And th- Thanks. And thank you all for listening. Talk tomorrow. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. And we also want to honor Princess, who is another uh, small business owner. Uh, Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God.
Take care. Happy anniversary, Gretchen. Thank you, Princess. Happy anniversary. <laughs>